Hey there, believers. Welcome to the first episode of season two. And there's dad. He's got good timing. Hey, hold on just one second. Let me get this. Hello? Hey, did you book the trip yet? No, not yet. But I have been looking on BraxtonWV.org and I keep finding more stuff to do. Did you find, did you know that they had motorcycle tours? Sweet. I can ride in and you can follow with the camping gear. And with my kayak because they have river trails too. We better plan on a week long trip. Okay, I'm on BraxtonWV.org now too. And speaking of tours, have you seen the haunted locations? We can go ghost hunting. <laughs> I'll put that on the itinerary. Man, you know, there's so much to do. You might have to make a repeat trip. BraxtonWV.org. Man, did, did you see this? Welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. I'm your host, Bo Kennedy. Join us as we go face-to-face -face with what goes bump in the night. episode for you today i'm trying everything with video now um hoping that i can upgrade the sound quality and maybe start a youtube channel up um bring more to you that way we have more content and everything else and for this first episode i have from the shadows podcast with us uh we have the judge we have shane and we have jason hey. um, they all have their own experiences i believe um i'm going to try to find out what got them into doing this and uh, just let them lead the way on the conversation like we always do so if you all want to just take a minute to introduce yourselves and uh we'll just go from there guys well i am the rose between two thorns this week so thank you very little. Yes. Every rose has its thorns. That's true. <laughs> Great. I'm the judge. I'm uh, I'm my name's Shane Luhold. I'm the Crawford County Municipal Court judge here in Ohio. Um, and the genesis of From the Shadows podcast. Uh, my man Grover here. We go back to high school teammates in sports. When I was a teenager. I was training for a 10K run, and um, I was doing a night run because it, it was so hot. It had been in the high 90s, and I was like, I'm just going to go out and run at night. And um, I was going to do a five-mile run, um, and it was basically down a small country road called Temple Road in Crawford County. And not to give all the details of what <laughs> happened, I guess, 
but um, we can give some of the detail. You know, all right, well, you tell me if it's too, okay. too much. Okay. So it was about 9.30 at night, it was in August, and uh, the corn was about head high at that time in the area. And Temple Road was this little road that was just down from my house. I lived on a major state route, State Route 4, um, lots of traffic. If you go through Ohio, if you wanna go up to the lake, like Lake Erie or Cedar Point, you're gonna go right by my house. And um, so that evening I left my house, I went south about 200 yards and turned right on Temple Road. I was gonna run two and a half miles down to State Route 19. Uh, that was my turnaround. And then I would run back, that'd be five miles. So I made it to State Route 19, the first two and a half miles, event free. Keep in mind, this is the 80s. There was no uh, headphones I was listening to, no music, no anything like that, no cell phones. And I was on my way back and I get to the mile mark where I have one mile to go. And there's a crossroad there called uh, Flickinger Road. And to my left was this woods. It wasn't real big woods. So there's the woods, then there's the crossroad, and then the corn picks up. And the corn runs a full mile all the way to State Route 4, which to get to my house. On my right was basically all beans, bean fields. So for some reason, when I got to the woods, sort of my what I call my spider senses, and I talked to, to Wes on Sasquatch Chronicles about this, you know, sort of my spider senses went off. I just stopped and I just stared at the woods because it's like something just, you know, was telling me there's something not right. You know, I liken this like that sixth sense that maybe we all have. And when you're putting into a dangerous situation, you know, it kind of goes off. And what Wes kind of mentioned the same thing of having the same thing. And I'm staring at the woods and I'm like, man, there's just something not right here. And all of a sudden across the road, right into the corn, like just like right as you enter the corn from across the road, I see this corn moving. And it's a lot of corn moving. Like it's whatever's in there is big. And at first it didn't really scare me because we have such a huge population of deer in Ohio. I thought for sure it was deer. And then it just stopped. I mean, the, the corn just stopped. It didn't move at all. Now, if it had been a deer, the deer would have jumped away. And you'd seen, you know, probably seen or heard the corn moving. But the corn just went still, just perfectly still. And I thought that was strange. So I was like, man, I'm getting the hell out of here. So I start running. And when I started running, whatever was in the corn was about three to four rows in. It starts running with me. And it's keeping perfect pace. Like it's, per, like it's pacing me perfectly. It's not a little bit behind me. It's not a little bit in front of me. And I'm looking and I'm seeing the corn moving. And I'm thinking, my thought is that's no deer. Deer's not going to follow me. Now, there's no bear in Ohio. Um, I thought, could this be a person screwing with me? But keep in mind, I'm out on a country road. There's no houses. There's nothing the odds that some person's out there just waiting for some kid to be jogging at night is... I mean, if anybody was screwing with you, it would have been us. Yeah, it would have been it'd our buddy. Been me. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't. But the other thing is, I was a pretty good high school runner. I mean, and whatever was in the corn was keeping up with me, and I'm on I'm on pavement. And it's me. And if anybody out there has ever tried to run through a cornfield, they'll know what I'm talking about. And I'm sitting there thinking, what the heck? So I stopped. I mean, I'm just coming to an abrupt stop. And when I did, 
the corn stopped. Like it knew I stopped. And, I, and it really blew me away because it's like, this thing's three to four rows in. I can't see it. So how the hell is it seeing me? But it knew exactly when I stopped. And it stopped on a dime. It wasn't like I stopped and it ran ahead of me a little bit and had to double back. You know what I mean? It stopped perfectly. So at this point, I'm about three quarters of a mile from getting to Route 4 to get home. And I'm standing, I'm staring at the corn and it's just not moving at all. And so I'm thinking, what could this be? Is it a coyote? No, it's not coyotes. Are we really coyote population? Yeah, we didn't really have coyotes. We didn't. And back then, we, and this crazy thing is, is back then in Ohio, we didn't really have a huge deer population. It, it was more uncommon to see a deer yeah, at probably back then than it is now. I mean, you can't even right. really drive down the road without right. more than that. Right. So, right. so, you know, your mind starts running a million things through it. Like, what the heck could this be? And, and keep in mind, mid eighties, the, you know, the issue of Sasquatch that never even began across my mind. That was something that happened in the Pacific Northwest or down in Boggy Creek. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I never even knew that, that Ohio could have a Sasquatch population. So I'm sitting there thinking, man, what do I do? So I said, okay, well, you know, we'll see if Jesse Owens is hiding in the corn. And, and I just take off. Does anybody outside of Ohio know who Jesse Owens is? I would think some people know who Jesse Owens is. How about Carl We're old. Lewis? We're old. Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis. I mean, <laughs> it was Ben Johnson. He was steroided. Okay. Up. <laughs> so I, I just, so what I did was I kind of did that, you know, on your mark, get set go in my mind and I just take off like a like the flash you know what I mean and and there was a, a bit of a delay of the corn moving you know because I got a jump on it but man it caught up with me quick it was right there and it's pacing me again and so I stopped because I blew my gas out you know what I mean like and the thing about it is it, unless you've lived the experience and I don't know for your listeners out there if anybody's ever hyperventilated, I don't know if anybody's, if you've ever had that happen to you, well, I was so scared and I ran so hard, my breathing, I started like hyperventilating. <gasps> and it was one of those things where I really kind of had to stop because I had blew everything I had. And now I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, I cannot run this thing. Whatever it is, I cannot run it. So you start thinking exit strategies about what the how am I going to get myself out of this? And I knew there was an old farmhouse coming up on my right. So the corn's on my left and there's an old farmhouse on the right. And I knew, I remember, cause I'd ran that road before and I knew there was a big tree that set out by the road. And I remember there were some low hanging branches. I thought, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a country boy. I'm going to screw this. I'm going right up this tree, man. I'm going to climb up as far as I can. That might be the most unbelievable thing of the whole story is that you thought you could climb up a tree. But okay, no, you know, I'm just throwing that out. out. <laughs> but so, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a run for the tree. So I take off running. And when I get to the tree, somebody had dehorned it. They had come out and cut all the limbs off of it. It's like, I'm screwed. <laughs> There's no way I'm, I'm scaling this thing. So... Of course, it paced me the whole way to the tree. So now I'm, I'm a half mile away from Route 4. 
And I'm thinking to myself, okay, here's, here's my problem. I cannot run it. I know I cannot run it. And when I get to route four, I'm going to have to turn left to get to my house, which means I'm going to intersect right into it. It's going to come out of the corn. We're going to just run right into each other because the corn didn't run right up all the way up to the road. You know, if you drive by, you'll see there's like a little bit of a ditch and then about 10, 15, 20 feet of weeds and wildflowers. And then the corn, probably because the guy couldn't get the tractor turned around to plow or whatever. We're going to work with. So I'm thinking, no, my gosh, I'm going to run right into this thing. But then I re remembered that one of our best friends lived to the right. I could turn right. And I actually thought about cutting across the, the bean. There's a bean field. I thought about trying to cut across the bean field, you know, like, hey, I'm going to take a shortcut. There's no way you're running the wrong way across the beans. Right. There's, there's no way. And I kind of knew, look, you, you know, when you're a kid in your gym class or on the playground, you're playing tag, and there's always that kid that's faster, but yet, you know, like you can juke him. You know what I mean? Right. He runs at you. You kind of do one of these. So even though that kid's faster than you, you can juke. In my mind, I don't know why I thought of this, <laughs> but in the bean field, I'm caught. You know what I mean? But on the ground, at least whatever it is, I might be able to do the, you know, the, the fat kid playing tag move <laughs> where I can juke, you know, and maybe not get caught. So I stay on the road. Stealing my moves. There you go. See, you should have seen it. It was a movie he did at the dance places all the time. Very similar Thank move. You. Thank you very little. So I figure, here's what I'm going to do. When I get to route four, I'm going to turn right. Okay, I'm going to right instead of going left to my house. And my buddy's house is probably 200 yards, maybe, from where Temple Road was. But the tough thing about it was, at that time, and, and I don't live out there anymore, but I think it's still similar. There was a tremendous amount of semi-truck traffic that went up and down that road. I mean, there are semis all the time, and they're gunning it, you know. And it's only a two-lane road. And so I'm like, okay, so the corn's head high. You know, the corn is as, as tall as my head. And I got to try to get lucky enough that when I try to sprint across the road, that I don't get hit by a semi truck. Right. And I got to try to make it 200 yards to my buddy's house. So here I go. And I, I start off slow because I'm gathering myself. You know what I mean? I'm going to gather myself. I'm like, I'm going to save myself up for one big burst, one 200 meter burst. And as I'm going to the road, this thing is pacing me just like it had. Just pacing me, pacing me, pacing me. And as I'm getting closer, I'm getting closer out four, I, I tell myself, when I take off, don't look. Don't look. Because part of me didn't want to know what was in the corn because I was thought I might freeze up. You know what I mean? You see something that's shocking, you know, you freeze up. And, and in my mind, maybe just that half second or second that you freeze up may make the difference between getting away and getting caught, you know? So I'm going and I look to my left and I see a semis coming down route four, but I'm going to be able to beat it. I look right. I'm going to be able to get across. And, and as I start to make that around that turn, you know, you just, you're trained as a kid. What do they tell you as a kid? Look both, both ways. ways before you cross the dam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's so ingrained into me, I couldn't help it. You know what I mean? I couldn't help it. So as I start to make a turn, I look. And, and as I do that, I see this thing crest the corn. And it, and it walks out of the corn. And I got a good look at it. It was about six foot tall. And it had a dog head. 
and it had rounded, like, it looked like a terrible posture where their shoulders are like literally rolled forward. Yeah. And it, and it was, I would say it was thick, like a thick torso and long leaner arms. The, the arms were not proportionate to what its torso was. You know what I mean? Like it, the, the arms look skinny compared to what its chest did. It chest, um, I had a miniature dachshund for about 13 years. He passed away. And, and in hindsight, if you ever look at a miniature dachshund's chest, it's out like this, like it's really muscular chest. That's kind of what its chest looked like, this muscular protruding chest, but rolled shoulders and long arms that hung down below the kneecaps were, um, now where it was standing, because you have to understand, when it crested the corn, you still have all these weeds and wildflowers and stuff, so I couldn't see from knee down what it looked like. Like, so I can't tell you what its knees were bent back or it couldn't tell you that. And it looked at me, it turned its head and it looked at me. And the first thing that, that, that went through my head of, of identification was the Egyptian god Anubis. That's the only frame of reference that I had. That, that was it. And I, I never at one time did I ever think that was a werewolf because what we grew up with what the werewolf was, was Lon Chaney Jr. wearing a plaid shirt and a right. pair of jeans that was ripped, you know, flat face, you know. Yeah. So I never, I never thought werewolf. I didn't know what it was. So I, I hit the gas. I shoot across Route 4, and I'm sprinting. And the whole time I'm sprinting, I imagine this thing's chasing me. Now, the way that it was standing, to me, it seemed like it was going to drop to all fours. You know what I mean? Like, the way it was, it shoulders were real forward, it looked to me like, it was going to drop to all fours if it was going to chase me. So in my mind, as I'm, you know, sprinting my ass off, I'm imagining this thing's behind me, lumping, chasing me. And my buddy had an outdoor swimming or indoor, or indoor, in-ground swimming pool, in-ground swimming pool. And they had a chain link fence around it. And a lot of times that gate was never shut. I mean, they, you know, they worry about neighbor kids coming and drowning. You know, this is back in the eighties. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm running. I'm like, man, I hope that gates, I hope that gates open. I hope that gates open. Cause I was going to run through that gate and then they had the, their patio door. I could just grab it, rip it open and run inside. They never locked their house. I mean, back in the age, I, my family never locked their doors. Right. We, right. We lived out in the country. Nobody locked their door. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't worried about their door being locked, but I was worried about that gate being shut. So as I'm getting there and getting there and I imagine this thing is lumping behind me. I look in the god dang it, the gate's shut. And it had one of those old like scallop things where you know you'd have to, you know, it'd go like this. So you'd have to lift that that last thing. Yeah. And the the way the fence was, it had the the scallops of the you know the chain link above it. So it wasn't a complete flat bar. And I'm sprinting, I'm sprinting, I'm like, do I have time to stop and open the gate? Hell no, I don't. <laughs> At least I don't think I do. So as I'm running, I do the old Fallsbury flop, you know, from the from the high. I You're just dating. I mean, what all what's all these track and field? <laughs> Dude, I mean college track and field. Okay. <laughs> so 
I'm running and I jump up and I throw my legs in the air this way. And I put my hand on top of the, the fence. And as I get over, it just cuts the hell out of me. It gives me right in the side. I land kind of like one of these like uneven things. And I just dive head first into the pool. And if you'd seen how his pool was, the pool was pretty deep. It was like 10 feet at the one end. And I, and I slid down because I dove in the shallow and I slid down on my stomach and my chest down into the deep end of the pool. And as I'm doing that, I'm blowing all my air out. And I get to the bottom and I pinch my nose because I have all the air out so I didn't float up. And I sit on the bottom of the pool and I look up. I fully expecting to see this thing standing on the side of the pool waiting for me. Yeah. And uh, I said what seemed like a long time, but I'm sure it really wasn't a long time, but it seemed like a long time, especially when you were holding your breath. And I'm looking and I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Finally, I can't hold my breath any longer. You know, I swim up to the top. And by the way, when you have a big set of running shoes on, Trying to swim back up. That's hard. It's really hard. Well, that's why I know where we're running shoes. <laughs> I just don't wear running shoes anymore. Yeah. They don't run. So I, I crawl up, I, I, I crawl up out of the pool and I'm but I'm still looking because this thing could, you know, this thing could be anywhere and run and I rip open the door. And so they had it, it's a sliding glass door, and they had the curtain pool. And it turns out my buddy was home alone. His parents weren't there. And I grabbed that doorman and I ripped that suck and come running in. And he had, unbeknownst to his parents, they had one of those old satellite. You remember when satellite TV came out? I don't know how old you are, but the satellite yeah, but he's dish. He's from Western. Everybody's got one yeah. of those satellites. Dude, the satellite <laughs> dish looked like something out of the movie Contact. Yeah. Yeah. Where you could literally be ET and get them home. It was huge. <laughs> These giant satellites and it set out by the, by the, Turns out he had figured how to get the, the Playboy channel. <laughs> and so when I ripped that door open, man, I see this chick with her jugs out. And he's sitting there. He turns. He thinks his parents was ran in and caught him. He screams. I scream. I shut that door. So was he more scared that night than you? Hey, the, you should see what I say. He was scared. He thought his us. mom and dad had ripped that door. He thought that the way I ripped that door open that they had been peeking through <laughs> watching him watch the Playboy channel. And he, he and he screams and I slam the door shut and I'm trying to get locked. But the funny thing is, you know those old cheap sliding doors? When you slam them, you can't get locked because and I'm slamming, I'm trying to lock the goddamn door. And and I finally get and he's like, he he's still scared because I scared him catching watching the, the, the boobs. And finally, when I when I finally get the damn door locked, he's like, "What the hell is going on, man?" So, yeah. And, and so, at the time, that very next night, we 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 always played cards basketball. The kids on the basketball team, we we always played cards together. And the very next night, Grover can tell you this because he was there. Yeah. I told that story, but I never told him what I saw. And the reason why is because back in the eighties. If I would have told them I saw this thing that looked like the Egyptian god Anubis and, you know, was six foot tall, they would have roasted me. Oh, yeah. They'd have made fun of me. They would have ridiculed me. And I would have just been a laughingstock. And so the story was more compelling, not knowing them, yeah. not knowing it was in the corn. And they all, you know, hey, it was this. And oh, I think it was this. But I never told them what I saw. 
And that is the genesis of the podcast because Grover and I, you know, years later when I tell him the story, it's like, you know, back in the 80s, there was not a forum that like we have from the Shadows Podcast and you have with Bump where people could go out and tell their stories in, a, in an environment where people are not going to be judgmental and there are people that want to hear your stories and it gives you a launching pad to, to tell these things. And, you know, that is really the genesis of our podcast was the idea was, hey, you know, I was when I was too scared to tell my story. Why don't we create a form by which other people can come forward and tell their stories and they don't have to worry about us cross-examining them. You know, I was a trial lawyer for 17 years before I became judge. We don't cross-examine anybody. We don't we don't question anybody's integrity. Um, you know, if you say you saw it, we we we'll say, okay, you saw it. Yeah. Because the one thing Grover and I, we've always talked about, Jason, is that if what I saw was real, what else is real? Yeah. You know, exactly. what else is real? And so for years, I, I mean, I never, like, there was no internet back then. So there wasn't like I could look up, oh, shit, that's a dog man. That's what that was. Oh, man, do I feel like a fool. There was nothing. I mean, there was absolutely nothing. No. And I never, I, and the thing about it is, if you're into dog man lore, my dog man experience predates the Beast of Bray Road in Elkhorn, Indiana, by 10 years. You mean Wisconsin? Yeah, what did I say, Indiana? Indiana. Yeah. yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah, my story predates that, the Beast of Bray Road, by 10 to 13 years, I think. Yeah. yeah. So when I, when I started trying to figure out what this was I saw, um, one of the things that, that I never thought werewolf, like I said, one of the things I was, is this some sort of devil dog? Remember the Sherlock Holmes and, and the Hounds yeah. of Baskerville and the, and right. the black dogs with the glowing red eyes that chase the carriages. And I thought, is that something I saw? But man, that's not right because this thing was standing on two legs. This was, this thing was standing upright, you know, what the heck did I see? And so it wasn't until the internet and you start, oh, wow. And then you start seeing things. And then, you know, the awesome thing was, because Grover and I, we, you know, we're going to date ourselves again. Well, I'm Jason not dating too, myself. You're an old man. Dating. <laughs> keep dating. But, you know, Jason, too. You Jason, dragged me into this. Jason's our age. As kids, we thirsted for shows about yeah. the unexplained. And remember Leonard Nimoy in Search Of. Yeah. I mean, those shows, that was the first real <clears throat> thing of saying, where he talked, I think he talked about Bigfoot one episode. And you'd be like, you couldn't get enough of that. You know, yep. you just couldn't get enough of that. Yep. And then my favorite TV show of all time. That's incredible. Was, no. That's incredible. I mean, that was that. No, Good was show. the Night Stalker. Oh. The whole show, yeah. Darren McGavin. <laughs> I mean, that that was only all yep. for a season. And so. God, you are. Nuts. What are you talking dude, about? Dude, I'm 51 years old, man. Jeez, but I was in kindergarten when you graduated. We're not, yeah. we're not kids anymore. <laughs> yeah, but 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 the point was there was so little material out yeah. there for people of like minds like this that you just couldn't get it, and so you couldn't. I, I couldn't identify with what it is that I saw, and then you know the internet and everything, and then I stumbled upon Linda Godfrey's books, and now there's documentaries, and Seth Breedlove, who's a guest of ours, has done stuff, and so now you can't turn on the Travel Channel. Without, it. without having something yeah. paranormal there's a ghost there's a ufo there's a monster there's bigfoot there's dog i mean there's there is and there's a reason why that why the travel channel has those shows on our destination america 24 7 and that's because there are people out there that want to absorb that content 
Absolutely. And that was another reason why we decided, yeah. you know, these guys that, that we wanted to do this podcast with, because we know there's an audience out there and we, we love to talk about it. And we love to hear other people's stories um, as to their experiences and share our experiences. And the kind of the cool thing is I get the two guys that I have with me, super smart guys and love the material. And we're, you know, we're trying to grow our podcast and give as many people out there as they can to come listen to us, enjoy the stories or reach out to us and come on and tell us their stories. So that's my yeah. Genesis story. That's it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, sitting here, I, I was trying to take notes. And the, the scariest thing about this dog, man, to me is when it's running through the cornfield, I know how tight those rows are usually spaced out. You know, there's not a whole, whole lot of room. Yeah. So I imagine him straddling mm -hmm. a row of corn and getting slapped in the crotch with every step and anything that can take that. <laughs> you know, if it could take that, I, I wouldn't want to tango with it. You know what I mean? Got that right. That's the well, cornfields to slice you up. Well, yeah. and you know, <laughs> you think about it. And that, that, believe it or not, though, that was one of the considerations why I ruled out that it was a person. Not yeah. that they were getting yeah. slapped in the mad, but yeah. but we've all played hide and go yeah. seek in a cornfield. You know, we're country kids, right? And it's like, dude, one one corn leaf across your cheek, slice oh, yeah. it right open. Exactly. Yeah, that's game over. And this thing, yeah, this thing went through there. I mean, this thing went through that corn like it was nothing. I mean, it, 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 it was nothing. The, the speed that this thing must possess, because look, I was scared. I mean, and you know, I was scared and I was running for my life and I didn't have a chance to pull away from it. And the interesting thing, you know, the interesting thing about it was, is what was it really doing? I mean, why didn't it just come out of the corn? If it was going to get me, it could have got me. I right. couldn't got away from it. But you know, I've, we've been on different, different podcasts and stuff like that. Different ideas people told me. And you know, one of the things that got kicked out there, I talked to a guy that, that had hunted wolves up in Minnesota, and he had said, really, you know, wolves are pack hunters. Mm -hmm. I mean, a wolf's not going to come out and attack you one-on-one -on -one if, you're, if you're as big as what it was. And I was, you know, I was five foot 11, 150 pounds or whatever. Right. But they're pack hunters. They want to they drive you. They want to tire you out. You're, you're game to them. They want to push you, get you tired, and then you get ambushed. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's kind of, maybe that's what it was. Well, one of the other, and we just, yeah. we just discovered is, you know, we, we talked to Linda Gottfried and she kind of, the uh, godmother of the godmother of dog man. Of dog man. Yeah, that's true. And so she kind of surprised us a little bit mm -hmm. with a couple, with a couple things. Okay. Yeah. And one of them was she had done all the research there around Bray road and it all seemed to be tied to Indian burial mounds. Yeah. Okay. okay. And it's like a triangular like, yeah. like area there that she has traced all this stuff back. And so one of the thoughts is, is because I have a hard time believing that the dog man is a strictly flesh, biological yeah, flesh, flesh and blood. blood. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's got to have some kind of supernatural uh, component to it. Something. Exactly. I think Bigfoot's the same way, not just to interject and throw that in there. You just One, completely threw me off. No, I don't even remember what we were talking about. <laughs> but, but uh, uh, damn it, Jim. I mean, everybody complains, Jason. You see that we interrupt our guests and you just interrupted me. Yeah. Well, now everybody, everybody watching, you see who the culprit is. But, uh, but so one of the thoughts 
and especially from Linda, is, is that these are something that maybe is manifested through Native American history. Like, especially maybe it's something that is protecting their sacred burial grounds. Right, right. Okay. And which would also tie back to it looking like the Egyptian god Anubis. Right. That has something to do with the death in the Egyptian culture and oh, predates, and predates, predates Sumerian culture. So the interesting thing about Linda, and if, if you go watch Seth Breedlove's um, documentary on Amazon Prime, where he talks, it's a Bray Road Beast, I think is the title of it. It's free, by the way. It is free. So Linda took all these dogman sightings and she put it on a map and then she put down where all these different Indian burial mounds were. And then she laid them on top of each other and they matched up perfectly. Of course. They matched up perfectly. Yeah. So she believes that there's some, these are spirit animals, creature. So after we had her on, I, I, told, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go on a website and research burial mounds, Indian burial mounds, Crawford County, Ohio. Because we don't really know. We don't know. We've lived here this, our whole lives. I don't know of any Indian burial mounds. Yeah, in I mean, Crawford look, I mean, now we know Ohio yeah. has a lot of burial mounds. Great yeah. Serpent Mound. Oh, yeah. Is, which yeah. one of so I research it, and sure enough, it says there's some X amount in Crawford County. I pull it up and I'll be damned. It is right there on Flickinger Road within <laughs> a quarter mile of where I first run into this thing. And I text Grover. I'm like, dude, you're not going to believe this. Sends me the picture. You're I'm on the mail it. route. You're, you're not going to believe it. <laughs> and so <laughs> call me up and tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. So it matches up. And, and so wow. literally I'm sitting there thinking, and if you and if you look at Bray Road, if you if you go to Google Earth and you look at Bray Road, and then you go look up Temple Road, they look identical. I mean, they are identical. You got stretches of corn on one side. You got little pockets of woods. You have a few farmhouses scattered out, and you have Indian burial mounds. I mean, there you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know which road was which. And in that in that same picture that he sent, so there was two. Indian burial mound, one right on Flickinger Road, yep. and one, so Flickinger Road to the south, dead end to a road, Sport Brandywine, right? Yeah. Okay. So dead, dead ends in the Sport Brandywine. So south of Sport Brandywine, which Flickinger Road would kind of, is another burial mound. Okay. Well, the judge was on another pot. Was it on Shannon LaGrove? Shannon LaGrove's into the Okay, press. so she he he told the dogman story on Shannon LaGrove. She gets an email from somebody who lived on the road south of Spore Brandywine. Okay, so you gotta remember wow. Shannon LaGrove's podcast is all over the world. All over the world, you know. And here's somebody that lived on the road. A mile from where the start of his dogman story, right south of these two Indian burial mounds, and she sent him and sent Shannon an email that got forwarded to the judge that said, "Hey, I don't know if this relates to his story, but in the mid eighties, I lived on Quaintance Road, yep. and she had what two, three Doberman, two or three Doberman pinchers that were her." sort of her guard dogs yeah. at night while or I think it was her husband or fiance or whatever work. went to work. He yeah. worked night shift. Yeah. And, and we know, and like, I can imagine, like we know the people that live out there. So yeah. we kind of know exactly where she's talking about. Mm -hmm. There's a, like a farm, there's like a farm lane 
that kind of goes between Queens Road and Brandywine there. Mm -hmm. So we think she lived in this farmhouse in the middle of this farmland. And in the email, it's like, okay, you know, one night, these Dobermans who one Doberman's not scared of anything. What's three Dobermans? And they were they of? were sort of aggressive guard dogs. Yeah. Like if they, you know, if somebody came down her driveway or came to her, they were up full attention, barking. They were, you know, they were the typical, you I guess you'd say Doberman pincher. Right. And one night she hears something outside her house, and the Dobermans just absolutely are scared. They're scared, their tails between the legs, they're whimpering. They leave her, and they were very protective. They leave her and go to another room and lay down and hide. Wow. And okay. she, there was something outside her house. <laughs> and this times up, and it times up perfectly. Pretty close. Pretty yeah. close of when I had my dogma experience. So obviously, we we can't say what yeah. it was. But given the location, given the burial, we think. And the whole time, we had no idea about the burial. Mass. Right. Right. Until last week. Or Until right. last week. Yeah. Until last week. So, yeah. yeah. And, and so we wonder, we wonder how many other people, you know, we want to go out there. Look, it'd be really cool to go out there and start knocking door to door and saying, hey, did you ever have a six foot dog? Like, they didn't get that. <laughs> We're calling and I'm the not wall, voting, and like, I am the wall. And I'm not voting for you the next time. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the cool, so the cool thing about his story is, is, is like you said, you know, the next night he tells all of us guys this story. Okay. Minus the part about, about the six foot dog Painted. looking. Okay. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. Everybody was kind of, cause we could tell he was upset. He was kind of scared. You know, he's telling, he's animated, telling the story. And I, I mean, I remember our one buddy, McGuire, who's a, just sitting there going, well, you know, whatever, Lou. It was a deer, you know, <laughs> like whatever. Because nobody, well, what are you going to think it is? You know, is, is, is his imagination or, or what? We, we had no, and, and here I am, I'm a guy who, believes in big even at this time you know because i grew up you know and we tell this all the time every couple weeks you get the scholastic weekly reader in school and you know anytime there was a bigfoot book a loch ness monster book yeah. a bermuda triangle book a ghost book i was i was ordering that book i couldn't wait for yeah. that book to come the next week of school right. i'd have it read before we need to get on bus yeah. i love yeah. that stuff and even then he couldn't you know, he didn't feel like, oh, well, I could even tell. I couldn't even tell him. But it was, there were, there there absolutely was no frame of reference for that. Now, I might also add that the place that we played cards was literally a mile and a half south on that Route 4 down the road. <laughs> and we were playing out in the garage for Buddy's house. And he never bothered to tell us, like, <laughs> you know, we might want to move this card game into the, into the basement. Yeah. There's a six foot oh, tree treasure. So in retrospect, it's like you know you're a jerk for not telling us. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not sure we yeah. believed it. Oh, they, they believed wouldn't have believed me. And, no. and you know the thing about it is, I was watching. Uh, I was watching Tear in the Woods or, or something like that. And and there's been numerous guests on that show that said, I had this experience ten years ago, twelve years ago, and I never told anybody. And I remember watching it with somebody. And they're like, yeah, why the hell wouldn't they tell them? And I raised my hand. And I said, <laughs> yeah. I can tell exactly why they didn't tell them. Yeah. Because 
at that time, people were really not accepting of. And, right, and right. nowadays, I mean, I remember, so we, so, so he and I have dabbled in screenwriting. We've written some yeah. scripts and, and uh, I've turned a couple of those scripts into books and, you know, so we're really open mind, you know, and that's weird, you know, we were, you know, we're talking about different supernatural things and, mm -hmm. and how we could, you know, you know, write these into movie scripts. And I remember him, re, you know, calling me up. He's like, I, I figured it out. And I was like, well, we figured it out. I was reading this Linda Gottfried book. I figured out what it was I saw that night. And he's like, whatever she described mm -hmm. uh, from an experience, because that's what I saw. And I was like, okay. And, you know, he did do a couple podcasts. And we're, you know, like the Shannon LeGrow one. And who's mm -hmm. the other, the Vic Cundiff? Did you do? Who was the other guy? I did Brent Sawing, okay. who passed away. And, uh, you know, and it was just, you know, because we're, we're, we're to the point where, man, you know, I'm listening to some of these podcasts and it sounds like, you know, we've had experiences we'd like mm -hmm. to, to get in on this. And, and he's got, in my estimation, one of the best and most credible, not that anybody else's right. story is incredible, right. but... Right. If you're not going to, I mean, he's telling the story and he's up for re-election in a couple of years. Okay. Right. I mean, I mean, and one of the things about, about look, not, I'm an elected official, you know, I'm a, I'm an elected official. I'm a judge in the county. I make decisions. I weigh people's credibility on a daily basis. And, and my brother even said, dude, do you really want to go out and tell people this story? I mean, you're, you're, I mean, and I said, yeah, I do. Because to me, the fact I'm a judge doesn't necessarily make my story true, but it certainly leads credence that why would I, in my position I am, who put my livelihood on the line by coming out and making up some horseshit story, right. you know what I mean, just for what? Because contrary to the guy who left the uh, comment on Apple about us, mm -hmm. we're not in for the money. We're not in for the money. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it, there, there is no like other job that's no, gonna replace is, you being the judge. But the thing yeah. about it is, and and like we talked about, I said, listen, if somebody listens to this and says, listen, and, and I was on Brenton Sawings and he passed away, um, and there were a lot of comments on there, and they said, you know, thank you, judge, for coming on telling us the fact that judge gives a lot of credibility to this story because I have no ulterior motives. I'm not right. trying to make any money off this story. It, it, I mean, I don't think it, you know, in theory, it could hurt my ability to get reelected, you know, but I thought it was important to tell the story. And so that's why I do it. I don't do it for financial gain or anything like that. Yeah, We do it because I think it invites people who may be reluctant to tell their story to say, well, gee, you know, if the judge did, you know, if he had the courage to come out and do it, maybe I could do it too. And we've, and we've had yeah. some people contact us who had never told stories yep. and mm -hmm. didn't necessarily want to come on our podcast, but they just really I, wanted to talk about it. I had a, I had a parent <clears throat> of a kid we went to school with, kid, he's old like us right. now. But, uh, you know, and so you grow up with these, with your buddies and their parents and they're, they're the, you know, serious and straight laced and no nonsense. And this person, they reached out to me and they're like, okay, after about five, six episodes in, yeah, and 
because one of our first step, first few episodes, it was somebody else from the area that came on and told their haunted house story. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, they're like, okay, I, I have to tell somebody this. The only person who knows this is my spouse. And uh, I don't want to come on the podcast, but I, I need to tell somebody who I think is open-minded. Yep. And you know, when in all this time, they could have told me back when I was 18, right, I'd have right. been open-minded we, 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 yeah. then too. And it, it was just, you know, it, it's, I think it's very cathartic for some people to get this off their chests, obviously. And there's no, you know, there's no better way to do it than to come on and tell some people that understand the stuff is, is real. Okay. There, there's stuff we don't know about. All right, guys, let me take a second to tell you about Squatch Survival Gear and their products. A few years back, Squatch Survival Gear started taking the packs that we made for special tactics units around the world and began offering them to the civilian world. So if you're looking for a rugged pack that you can trust not to fail you when you need it the most, look no further. Squatch Survival Gear has a pack for you from the urban jungle to the deepest, darkest woods you can find. Our packs are made right here in the United States of America, and they mean every single component of their packs are made in the United States of America, which is as hard to find as a Bigfoot. So for quality you won't regret, go to the website, SquatchSurvivalGear.com. I can speak from personal experience now. I got the Rock Ape pack. Um, It's on the upper side of the mid-range, upper mid-range pack, what what they sell. Fantastic, most comfortable bag I've ever owned in my life. Um, I have a, a tear in my shoulder, and I still I can wear this bag comfortably. I absolutely love it. So go check them out. It's SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Use promo code BUMP10, B-U-M-P-10, to save 10% off site-wide. So go check them out now. Enter the giveaway on Instagram at Squatch Survival Gear. That's all one word, Squatch Survival Gear. They're giving away a Kakamora backpack. Um, it's one of their new products. They've done some upgrades to it. Go on Instagram. The, the rules are all on one post. Um, traditional Instagram giveaway, you know, like, follow, share, that kind of thing. Get on there. Check it out. It's a great bag. Somebody's going to win it. Might as well be you, right? So go on there. Squatch Survival Gear on Instagram. Follow them. Like their post. Share their post. Win a pack. Okay. That's why we created the From the Shadows podcast. No. As a platform so people can come out and they can tell them stories. You don't have to worry about uh, being judged about being uh, crazy or... Uh, or anything of that nature and be taken seriously. And as we grow this platform, we may run across people that actually might have a kindred, a kin, a kinship with these people so we can kind of get them yeah. in contact with them, yeah. help them to deal with this as they've been holding it in for so long. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hey, yeah. I only judge people professionally. Well, you know, and, and so it's, um, and that was kind of, you know, that's how it started. You know, he did a couple podcasts telling a story and we just kind of thought, 
how on earth, you know, why aren't we doing this? Yeah. We love yeah. to talk about this stuff, right. but we didn't know anything about starting a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and, and so the crazy, you know, how one thing leads to another synergy, synergy, whatever, yes, crazy. Thank Chris Hahn for that. Huh? Chris Hahn. So we were on the movie set together. We said that's absolutely right. <laughs> so, so we, so Jason, we, I'd never met Jay. I didn't know Jason, never heard of him, nothing. Okay. And we're all part of this movie that's soon to come out called Escape from Death Block 13. And we have, and it was filmed at the Mansfield prison where they filmed Shawshank. And our common friend, Chris Hahn, who's, We'll just go ahead and say it in case he listens. He's a major movie star. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. A, A-list. He's an A-list, A-list celebrity. Maybe he's a, D, he's a D-list movie star. Former professional oh, wrestler. Former professional wrestler. He is a former, former professional, professional wrestler in WWF. He wrestled the likes of Ric Flair. Yeah. wrestled The Undertaker. Oh, wow. Road Warriors. Yeah. Super good guy. Yeah. Yep. So he's been, and he's been in a few movies. And he's, he was, he's basically the co-lead in this movie. So he gets me, and I, I write music and stuff is one of my side gigs. And so I'm going over to the movie because I want to try to get some music in the movie. And I, next thing you know, he's like, hey, I got a, I got you a part in the movie. You're going to be a prison guard and you're going to talk. So you got some speaking on it. Like, okay, whatever. You know, thanks, Chris. <laughs> but one night, I'm, they're like, okay, you and Jason are going to be the guards and you're going to be on the second, third tier of the Mansfield yeah. program. And we were on the third range. I didn't know this dude. And he's a scary looking, scary looking guy at night in the prison. And you know, we shot this scene together where we I guess we can say we kill a guy. Because nobody we we kill a guy in the scene and it's cool. And so fast forward about six months later, we're talking about doing the podcast, and I'm talking to Chris, and he goes, Well, hey Jason, you used to do a wrestling podcast. Like Jason, you mean the guy that? Yeah. So, I because guess, he and I are tech idiots. Yeah, we don't know I anything mean, about I, this. I, we, 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 because when we conceive the idea, yeah. we're like, "Hey, let's do this podcast. How do we get started?" And we're like, "Man, I don't know anything." About this. <laughs> they were stumped. <laughs> we were, we were stumped. We didn't get past the idea. But it's been it's been a great it's been a great learning experience. Jason, you know, Jason's our super producer, yeah. our tech guy. He. So, so we reach out to Jason about, hey, I know you used to do this wrestling stuff. Would you be interested in coming in and helping us tech-wise? We had no idea that he was totally into this subject matter. We just thought yeah, he yeah, 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 no, yeah. had no idea. So, you know, we kind of looked at it as, as almost like destiny yeah. coming together. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so Jason is fantastic. And, and the thing about it is, and I say this all serious, Sometimes you, you you work with people and you're just like, man, I, I don't like work with this person, but I have to because. But Jason is just super unbelievably good guy, a kindred spirit, very professional too. Oh, he, gets- he just, I mean, he seems like if we would have grew up as kids at the same school, we'd have been best friends. Yeah. And so it's really cool that we stumbled upon a guy that knew how to do all the tech stuff, and also love the subject material as much as we do and it's just been i mean I, i'm not gonna say we're the dream team but hey we're, we're having fun doing it yeah we're go. having fun doing it and but, we get to meet guys like you that's right, you know yeah. we get to meet interesting yeah. guys like you and other people and you know now i will say so 
when we start, when we did start, you know, the judge, you know, his, his dog man story is the tip of the iceberg with some of the other experiences yeah. he's had. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we first started, I had, I had seen a couple ghosts. Okay. I'd had some experience with, you know, uh, spirits and stuff. Jason had not. No, I Jason, was all Jason. for it. And I've always like run behind people who, who has had experiences, but I never had an experience myself oh, until wow. we put together a ghost hunting division. And uh, so we went to this, uh, what was it called? Raw's Opera House. The Raw's Opera, Opera House. House in Kentucky. Yeah. And uh, that's when I had my first experience. So we had already had the podcast going. Yep. And um, I was uh, doing, I went, went, as with, a, a, went with the Ohio Paranormal with the Ohio Society. Paranormal Society and Jerry and I was, I was trying to learn. So I said, Hey, man, I'll do whatever you need me to do. Just let me know. So I learned how to do this. I'm really into this. I've never had an experience. I know this stuff is real. Um, I've talked to many other people that have had experiences. So uh, that night, it was crazy there. And I had my first experience. And um, and so I was able to bring that back and out. And well, I tell like, them what you're Yeah, you got to tell me what happened. Well, I, you Just know, we don't, we don't know exactly what, okay, for lower, lower at this particular uh, um, stage area where we're at. This is the old you part were in of the, the building. You were in the, where it was the 1800s, yeah, where it was the old, where they, it was nothing but a stage. It wasn't a regular um, uh, theater, like the new part of the building. Gotcha. And um, back at that particular time, you got to understand at that time period, there was a person that would seat you. Yeah, usher. An usher. usher. There yeah. was an usher that would go up and down the aisles and everything. Well, I I was taking a break. I still had an EMF reader and everything in my hand. And so I went sitting on an aisle seat and I was watching everybody. And I was just uh, looking at the EMF reader, just getting used to the equipment and everything. And all of a sudden it's, it's off. And I had sat there earlier that night and nothing was happening. And I'm tracking this signal that's coming over by me. And then it was just like dead on. And it's just going. It's just so the usher was standing right the there. The usher came over to me and did those numbers as if he was trying to get my attention. He put his hand on my leg and put his hand, other hand on my shoulder as if it, like he was leaning in my ear to tell me like, you got a call or something. So I, you know, and, and not to disturb people around me. And I felt this and I'm like telling everybody, look, look, put the, uh, the thermal camera, camera over here. Something's touching me right now. I mean, I can't see them, but I, I can feel it. <laughs> I can feel it, it's there. Wow. And, I, and, and um, so they put all that stuff on me and I had my first experience that night. Later on that night at about 2.30 in the morning, we start, we were up in the upper uh, balcony of this old building. Granted, this is during the time where there was um, segregation for everything. And there's this older part, which is a smaller part of the upper deck where uh, slaves and, and just people in general would be seated if they had enough money to go to the theater. And uh, there was disembodied voices coming out of this old broken down theater wow. that still had old uh, uh, furniture, original furniture still sitting in it, dust on it. Uh, uh, ceiling was caving down because they hadn't got back to the restoration part of that building. And uh, we had- uh, In all that, seriousness, yeah. do you think the usher might have been telling you, hey, you're in the wrong spot? Oh, I oh, have no idea, but it touched I mean, me just like how you did. I mean, you're talking about that this was, this is during time of segregation. 
it and could very and, well and where, have been. you know where, where black people would have been forced to sit yeah you know i mean the, the usher may have been leaning down to you saying sir i'm sorry but you you're can't, you're, you're you're can't sit there yeah it could very well have been yeah but uh that was ex an experience by itself and mark roby has the uh the thermal camera he was said something was there some type of energy readings while that took place from his camera that he had so i was in the middle of that and then the disembodied voices we experienced later it was as, as if just like the judge is sitting here talking to me right now, a voice, but nothing's there. This is, it was everybody, it was about six of us that was in that group. We experienced this uh, just as loud. It wasn't an EVP or anything like that. It was just a disembodied voice. Just like a person was there, but you couldn't see the person, but you could hear the voice. Did you so, hear what they were saying? Or you oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were mocking us. What? If one of us said something like, hey, is somebody there? And then it would sit there and ask us and say, is somebody there? Oh, <laughs> and it was like oh, moving God. around us. Why the hell would like, you stay there? I, I never experienced it. anything like that. Like the, uh, the guys from the Ohio Paranormal Society were telling me, they said, you never experienced. They said, what you've experienced right here, this here is class A. This is very few people have experienced what you're experiencing right now. Yeah, you got, yeah. Like, you got like, broken right, man. Mocked. Yeah, it was, uh, but the touch, man, the, being touched by something, I mean, that's like, what, borderline poltergeist activity? And when they yeah. can actually manifest uh, to be able to touch you? You get to actually feel it, yeah. And I, and I felt that, like, it was, a, it, was a, it was a very, a very weird energy feeling, like it was vibrational. It did was it like, like was it, did it feel warm? Did it feel cold? What did it feel like? It, it well, it didn't feel cold. It just felt like uh, a vibration. Like, like a energy, like, like a humming. yeah, like a, yeah, like literally something. like a vibration, like as if uh, you had a pair of uh, I don't know, hair clippers or beard clippers, and somebody took it and just touched it on your arm like that. You could feel the vibration, but it was different. It was different frequency, but it was a vibration in the shape of the hand of what a person's hand was. No, kid, you could feel the fingers. I felt it on the leg, and I felt it on the shoulders, and I felt something. Just like you know, if you ever close your eyes, you could tell somebody. Right, next you know somebody that you feel that energy. Well, that's what I'm looking. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking, and I'm telling them. I said, get the get the thermal equipment over here. Something something's touching me. Something is literally leaning over, and it's next to my face right now. And so everybody started circling around, and they started, you know, taking readings and everything. And uh, that happened until I, the touch left uh, first, and then uh, they watched the signal leave on the EMF. So, oh, so, yeah. so needless to say, Jason wow. is yeah, much I, more enthusiastic about yeah. an experience like that <laughs> oh, than the normal. I'm the guy that says, look, I'm running. I never I'm experienced running. anything before now, that, though. Now, I will if we, I mean, how much time we got? We got time for another? Yeah, let me oh, let me hear your story, man. Okay. Well, this this kind of involves all of us of something that happened this summer that um, we went, uh, we're friends with the guys that host a, a podcast called Paranormal Road. Mm -hmm. And then they had been, their campground and outside of Oberlin, Ohio, that uh, is surrounded by woods. It's surrounded state forest, state forest beyond those no, no, woods. No, no, national forest. Yeah, National Forest. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's like 400 acres of woods right by the campground. And then there's a river that runs all the way into the Cleveland metro 
parks. And along this uh, river is just clumps of clumps of woods along. So it's a it's a really great area for something if it wants to hang out and hide or you know not be seen. So, so so the summer before um Dave Hensley who's who's the host and has camper there with Randy they um people had been hearing one night I think they were all out late somebody had heard uh, three o'clock like a howl okay they had no idea what it was so it sounded like a woman sounded like a woman screaming howling screaming so the next morning, you know, they all heard it was like eight of them. Next morning, he finds the one of the Sierra Sounds tapes and just sends it to each one of these people. And they're all like, what? Did you record that from last night? And they're like, he's like, well, no, we didn't. I didn't record this. They're like, what is that? And they go, that's from like 1978. Right. It's from the Sierras that was recorded. And they're like, oh, my God, that's exactly what they heard. So yeah. then they're like, okay. Something's going on, okay? Something's going on. So, so then more people in the campground start saying, yeah, we hear this noise when nobody's up here. There's like people that camp there all week. They, they, they hear something out in the woods, how? And so that next winter, then the manager of the campground with her granddaughter ends up seeing uh, something that she can't, she doesn't know what it is. It's down a farm lane. She takes off after it, you know, all they could think of is Bigfoot. She's ticked off because she's the manager of the campground. She's been telling them, don't you go around telling anybody there's Bigfoot up here. Right, right. Okay. We don't want this. And then she <laughs> sees it. Okay. So Dave is friends with Amy Boo. I don't know if you know Amy Boo. She's a pretty well-known Bigfoot researcher from Ohio. Yep. She's involved with the, like, the Olympic project and stuff. And we had her on the podcast. Um, great great person come yes, yes. become good friends with her so the idea was is we were going to go with amy boo up one weekend and we were going to do a live podcast or i mean we were going to record it there at the camera, uh, and and then we we're going to go do like this little expedition in the woods okay and i'm not one that's going to go out I, i'm not big on going let's go out and looking for big you already know my position. I already know, yeah. I already right. know the judge's position on it. And so I'm thinking I was really surprised you went out. I don't want to disrupt. Thanks, thanks for calling me out like that. There's like on, 20 people, yeah. less worried. So we all get there. We do, you know, we're, we're everybody's talking. We're some of the other people from the campground because now this was like in July, right? That we yeah. did this. Yeah, it, it was, was hot. Yeah. So hot. very hot. So yeah. Already that summer, there had been other instances where people heard noises and stuff. And so we go ahead, we do the podcast. Turned out to be a pretty fun podcast. Mm -hmm. Everybody from the campground was gathered around by the end of the podcast, you know, and we're talking about Bigfoot and, and stuff. And like they said, it's just so hot, it's miserable. Okay. And there's like 14 people that are going to go out into the woods. It was pitch black. Pitch oh. black. Looking, look on a Bigfoot expedition. Okay. We so had already, some blur cameras. yeah, already I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. We're taking a football team out. Okay. Right. Anything out in the woods, they're not, they're going to hear us coming a mile away. They'd hear two people coming a mile away. Right. What are we going to do? It's like, just ridiculous. That's one of the reasons why I went. That's one of the reasons why the judge went. I felt pretty safe that nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. 
So we go out in the woods that we don't, you know, we don't know anything about. Okay, yeah, we've never been in. And a couple, there's a couple guys from campground, a father and son, who are supposed to be leading us through, you know, so we don't get lost and we and we kind of stay within reasonable distance of, and we can get back. Yeah, because they hike that all the time. Yeah, and so of course, what do they do? Get they, us lost. They get us lost, and they take off. They're they're nowhere to be found. Of course. Okay. And so we're all, and, Amy, and Amy's like feels responsible. And I, and I just heard her say this on another podcast where she was talking about this. She's a teacher. So she kind of felt responsible for all of us. This was the field trip that went bad. The field trip, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was the beginning of a bad horror movie script. And so we're all kind of standing in this, in, a, in the same central area, about 10 of us. Okay. There are some FLIR cameras or whatever. And so we're, we're standing there, we're kind of trying to figure out where these guys went. We kind of think we know where they went, but if we're looking straight ahead, they're off to the left. You can see some lights, like some flash, like they're flashlights. And all of a sudden, Amy's FLIR that she's holding goes dead. Battery just drained. And she's like, man, I, that's kind of weird. It's, it's never happened. You know, everything was charged. It was, you know, should have lasted for another couple hours or whatever. And so I could tell, you know, even though that's the first time I met Amy face to face, I could kind of tell she was thinking like, okay, what? This is, this is kind of weird. Everybody else is kind of talking and, and just kind of not, you know. Making it a social event. Yeah, making it a actually. social event. All right. And so I could see Amy a little bit concerned and I kind of, for some reason, oh, man, we better find these guys. Because I don't know what's going on. I mean, I didn't really think anything of it. Hey, it was dark. It was and dark. It, 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 I mean, yeah. uh, we weren't finding our way out. So yeah. so I kind of walked to the front of the group. And I'm looking. And I see this red. Like, I would tell you it looked like a reflector. Okay? Or maybe a taillight. Okay? But it was perfectly round. And I'm looking. And all of a sudden, there's two of them. Okay? And Amy is standing. I go, Amy, do you see those red lights? Thinking that these are these two guys who must be guiding us. I'm thinking that maybe yeah, I'm thinking that maybe those are the guys up there. And I didn't know if they had like a infrared, you know, whatever. Right. And Amy goes, Yeah, I see those. I see those. And all of a sudden they just go out. As soon as she says, I yes, I see them too, they disappear. Mm. Okay. I'm like, what? You know, what the heck is? Because it looked like they were moving, right? Like, they, well, no, they were just standing. They were just still, and they were like, you know, now I, at the time I didn't say this. Now since I'm like, okay, they they were perfect distance away to be eyeballs. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, but at the time that is not what we're thinking. Okay, but now I'm thinking, okay, her battery just went dead. I'm thinking. We got to get up to where we saw those and make sure there's not like a clearing and it's not like somebody on a golf cart. I don't know how close we are to the campground. Right. Is there reflectors tack, you know, tacked up onto the tree? You know, any kind of crazy thing, you know, trying to rule everything out. And so we kind of start walking in here, then we see these guys. Okay. We see where these guys are. 
And as they come closer, I'm like, hey, you guys got any red lights on you? And they're like, well, no, why? So I kind of look at Amy, I'm like, okay, let's get, get up there. So we get up there and here's what you find is, as we get to that spot, there's a hill beyond it. Okay, so we're not like looking out through the woods onto the field or anything. Right. And even after I found out later, it's another hundred acres. It's not like we're looking, we could have looked out onto the field. Okay. Oh, wow. We, we get up there and we're looking around. Nobody sees reflectors. And so Amy's like, okay, how about we just kind of all stand still and listen? Because now we don't have any idea what those red lights are. They look like they're, they could have been eyeballs. Okay. So I go out and I'm like, we all kind of spread out and I'm standing like out in front of the group. And it's so hot that my, I mean, my head, I had to take my hat off. My hair's drenched, what little I have. And, uh, and I hate to make a joke about no hair since, <laughs> but, uh, uh the, but beautiful, <laughs> the beauty of zooming these things. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'm standing there and all of a sudden, so we're in the middle of the woods, this cold air, just, it's like a stream of cold air yeah. just passes all around me for like 10 seconds. Mm. And I'm, I'm very, cause we're like, you know, you're listening, you're trying to be very observant. And I noted like in any other time I would never notice. I'd have been like, oh, whatever. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. There's no air. There's nowhere that is stifling hot. And I stand there until it stops. And I just slowly make my way back to Amy. And I'm like, Amy, I don't know what's going on, but I just felt this stream of cold air pass through. So I'm automatically now tying the battery going down. But now what I'm thinking are red eyes, this cold air to a supernatural kind of, experience right okay that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking i just we just saw like a demon's eyes or (laughs) you know worst thing possible worst thing possible and so we finally we're like okay let's just get out of here like nobody else really i don't think experienced too much out there the no, thing, yeah. no it was hot as i don't yeah. know what and you were talking about i heard you say something about i just felt a cool breeze yeah and we're over here sweating i'm like yeah. really the ain't no thing, wind blowing I'm the like, weird thing cool is breeze. the weird thing is though all of a sudden out of the blue i start feeling like i was gonna get sick yeah like yeah. i like my gosh i'm gonna get sick i'm gonna throw up but it could have been because you were so right. hot but 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 so we get these guys, this father and son, to lead us. Oh. Well, sort of lead us out of there. Yeah. Oh, the but they, kept, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's new. It's a that. nightmare. <laughs> but they, we finally get out of the woods, and the judge and I drive home, and I go to work the next day. And while I'm working, as a, I, I work as my regular job as a mailman, so I'm out on the mail route, and that's where I get to listen to podcasts, and I'm listening to Sasquatch Chronicles, and it's an episode where somebody sees two red eyes and I'm like, Oh my God. I, I, so I tagged the episode. I sent it to these guys. I sent it to Amy Booth. I'm like, is this what happened to us last, last night? Because now in retrospect, it's like, now you're hearing people's theories on 
Bigfoot or Sasquatch being with, you know, having a supernatural bent to it with the orbs and, and the yeah. red, mm-hmm. red eyes and, and the explanation and, for the red eyes. Yeah, and, and the like, infrasound there on the... Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, so did we experience all that? Now, I can tell you the battery went dead. We saw some two things that looked like eyes and I felt a cold breeze and he didn't feel good. What does all that mean? I have no idea. Since then, four people at the campground, totally independent of one another, have seen red, what they're calling red eyes, deep in the woods. Mm. And these are people that three of them were in the campground looking out into the woods and saw these eyes. And so make of it what you will but there's two way the noises the somebody see you know thought they you know saw something there's way too much circumstantial evidence right to not believe that there's something going on there and and, you know the the universal question and if you listen to sasquatch chronicles or if you go listen to linda godfrey now is that the consensus now growing in the field is that dogman Sasquatch are these multi-dimensional beings that are able to basically traverse from one side, you know, from one universe or whatever you want to call it, dimension. into one dimension into our dimension, and they travel through that dimension through these these orbs of energy, these orbs of light. I mean, I don't know, but there's so much evidence out there with people who see Sasquatch and then see these orbs. Mm-hmm. And then if you listen yes. to, if you listen to our podcast, or I encourage people to go listen to the Linda Godfrey podcast on our, on our show. And she blew me away because she gets into this whole thing about, she totally buys into that the orbs are related to dog man. And I never saw that coming. Yeah. And, and, she even relates, and I'm not giving anything away, but, but on Bray road where there's a farm, where they have all this activity, her and her and her, her team of investigators see this orb come right at their car. And then swerves. And then swerves. It just absolutely blew me away. So if you, I was always school of thought, dog man is a biological creature. I'm convinced it's a biological creature, even though it doesn't seem to make sense that canines walking on two legs, there is some evidence of that. And you know, animals get injured, we'll do that, blah, blah, blah. But man, after talking to Linda and after doing more and more research and then finding out about the Indian burial grounds and the mounds, to me, I've switched teams. I, I'm no longer that this is a strictly biological creature that hasn't been found. You know, I I believe there's a supernatural component, paranormal component to to these things that they're not just simply and we, biological and, creatures. And we have all had experience with the other side. Right. When it comes to the ghost and the spirits. And so, if the spirits and stuff are residing on the other side, what else is over on the other side? Yeah, my worst nightmare is I would end up in that dimension because if there's dogmen and Sasquatch running around, what the hell else is over there? Right. I'll tell you who. Some of you did not like the fact you said yeah. <laughs> Well, I just find comfort in this. I find comfort in this. I know that there's something there. So, yeah. therefore, every loved one that we've lost, we know that there's somewhere, too. 
That's right. I just hope they have a dog. <laughs> Unless it's a pet. I got to be honest with you. What I saw didn't strike me as a pet. <laughs> no, I don't think what you it saw was a pet at all. I got. Yeah, well, I subscribed well, to that. Paranormal to it. Do me one favor. You all carry on for one second. I got to step right outside here for a second. But that's the beautiful thing about having it on video. You all keep the conversation going for just one minute. I'll be right <laughs> back. Okay. You all just yeah, alrighty. So I, I would encourage you. Look, if anybody wants to check out our catalog, we've had some really cool guests. And when I say that, we've had people who've had personal experiences. So if you, if you like Wes Germer, Sasquatch Chronicles, and you want to hear people tell stories, we have that. Yeah. And But we also have some really, you know, world-renowned cryptozoologists, you know, Ken Gerhardt, Nick Redfern, Linda Gottfried. Um, we've had movie makers, Seth Breedlove, who's done a bunch of documentaries about Bigfoot, about Dogman, about uh, Momo. Um, you know, we we have a lot of different guests. Aliens. We've had aliens. So, you know, we encourage you, you know, if you are listening to, to Bo's podcast and you're into the yeah, you definitely like then you'll like what, what we have to do. You know, we kind of uh we're usually a three man usually a three man crew like you see us tonight. Sometimes it's just the two of us. But we have a good time um with it. Our shows are really organic and uh well, we love those and we can't forget that Jerry and Lisa. They're not here. They're not here, but they do. But they are with us occasionally. There is some comic relief to them. Yes, at their at their expense. So check it out on all the platforms where podcasts are available. It's the From the Shadows podcast, as well as our YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, and follow us on After the Shadows if at all possible. You won't be disappointed. Well, you might be. No, you can't make that. You built this up too much. Yeah, we're not like doing a money back guarantee or anything. Well, I absolutely love your show. I, I was sitting there listening to it earlier today. And sorry about stepping out, man. I was sitting here. I drank about half a pot of coffee, and I'm looking in the background. There's that men's restroom sign right there, and I was like, "God, <laughs> I'm about That's to die." Well, and, then, <laughs> and the other, and the other, the other aspect of our show. So, for people that might come over that are new, is we also have every Wednesday the midweek howl. Yes. And some people, I mean, if you're looking for paranormal stuff, you're not going to find it in the midweek cow. But if you're looking to laugh, he's a he's a good time. We have we have one of our other um, we call him the Ozark Howler, and uh, he lives in Ozark, Missouri. Lives in the lake, yeah, Lake of the Ozarks, and he is a uh, former sheriff's deputy, highway patrolman, uh, air marshal, Secret Service, Homeland Security, Homeland Security, Homeland Security, yeah. and he is one of the greatest storytellers of all time yeah if you just want a good story yeah you're driving down the road yes you got about 20 <laughs> minutes and it's you a, want to hear some funny stuff but some true stories check out and if, you, and if you grew up in the midwest or or anywhere in rural america you're going to know the trailer park he's talking about the, the, the guy <laughs> the guy at the factory you will definitely guy. be able to relate uh, to it yeah so check us out. we get lots of lots of Comment about the howler. Yeah, it's called so, the Midweek Howl. So we just started program. We just started a Patreon page. Yeah. Uh, One yes. of the things that you get the Patreon is you get to listen to Cryptid Court. 
Cryptid Court. Yes, for sure. The judge, right. where each month I will take a lesser known. <laughs> I will take a lesser known uh, cryptid, and we'll talk about it. And what was this month's the very Puck first? Wadgie. The Puckwudgie. The Puckwudgie. Puck oh, yes. Oh, gosh. So, so listen like to listen to. So each and so you know the thing is, if you want to come listen, if you want to shoot us an email or a Twitter account and want me to do a specific cryptid. I'll do the research into it and we'll put it on trial. <laughs> yeah. And the catch line that I always give is I'm going to pass the gavel to you, the listener, and you, the judge. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's awesome, guys. I, I, I appreciate yes, you guys coming and out. Also I appreciate you guys coming it's on been the my show. my pleasure, bro. Yeah, I, I, I you got a great show. Yes, you do. And uh, I appreciate I our it. listeners come over and listen to you. I hope your listeners give us a try and see if we can entertain them. Absolutely. Absolutely. From the Shadows <laughs> Podcast. You guys are a blast. And I I appreciate you guys that you know being my guinea pig for the whole camera setup, Zoom meeting thing. I'm sure I'll have to rearrange <laughs> it. But hey, hey the well, three of us have pieces for radio. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully yeah. we won't just scare everybody away. We can, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here. Can you blur? <laughs> Can you, can you blur our faces out yep. to help out? To help yeah. the we'll, just, we'll just turn off the, the video share. Is that what you want to do? I, I say that all the time, too. I got a face for radio. <laughs> well, guys, uh, I'll holler at y'all a little later. Um, I got some emails and uh, text message numbers and all that kind of the phone numbers. I'll be able to keep in contact with you guys. You all keep in contact with me. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, if any of your listeners want to go listen to the to my dog man story, you'll get more details. I kind of yes. it the, the shorter version. But if any of your listeners have any questions yep. for me, uh, get a hold of Grover for the emails to me, and I will I will email back your listeners. And if they have questions about what happened that night, I've done that for other people, and I've actually met some really cool people that way. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's the best part. That's the best oh, part about good the podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and the cool thing is, I met a I met a guy. He emailed me. He had a bunch of questions. It turns out he lives a couple hours away. I invited him to our hometown. I'm going to take him out and I'm going to give him a personal tour of Temple Road in the daytime. In the daytime, <laughs> and I'm going to show him where everything happened. So, if you got listeners out there, I think it's a little late. I think the corn just got harvested. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, next year will be another year. If uh, you want to come up, we'll give them a personal. Tour. And we will not be running. No, we'll those run. days are over. We've done my rickshaw. <laughs> rickshaw. <laughs> Chase is going to rickshaw. You're dating us again. Nobody knows what a rickshaw is. Oh, yeah. oh yes, oh, they do. Come sure. on. Sure. Sure, we do. Yeah, yeah, our, our fans are audience is our world travelers. travelers. Yeah. 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 World travelers. That's right. Yeah, and my, my oh, audience is like 35 and up anyway. I don't have anybody young listening to my show. So. Hey, thanks, yeah, thanks for thanks having us on. It's been fun. We yeah. we love talking about our, our podcast and uh, and the material. So best of luck to your podcast, and we'll try to send over some people because you got a really cool show. Yes. Absolutely, and I'll, I'll do likewise, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank right. you, thank you. All right, have a All good right. one. Take we care. Do. Have a good thank night. You. Well, that's the show for this week, guys. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you do enjoy it, please go to wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Give us a five-star rating, a review, or a thumbs up, or whatever you can do. Uh, keep spreading the word about the podcast. I really appreciate that. Uh, let me see. 
updates. Yes, the website. We have thebumppodcast.com up and running now. Uh, you can go listen to every past episode. There's a, a page for that. I got all the cover art on there. Just click on the, the title of the show. It takes you straight to that episode through my anchor.fm account. And from there, if you wish to donate to the show, you know, to help support everything, which um, sponsors kind of come and go. But that monthly support, that really helps out to get, you know, more equipment and to, to make it a better listening experience for you guys. You can do that from there. Also, there's links to my Teespring and Redbubble merch pages. You can go there and get uh, probably half a dozen different t-shirt styles are out there now. We got mugs, stickers, anything you can think of is available with some kind of new design that I've put out there on Redbubble and there's some on Teespring still yet. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Parler, Facebook. I don't think I'm forgetting anything, but yeah, just check out the site. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. I love everybody there. It's sitting at home or on their commute listening to this show. Um, it means a lot to me. And we'll just keep doing this until people stop calling in with shows. <laughs> Thanks again, guys. Until next time. Check out hempbombs.com for an amazing lineup of CBD products. Um, Hemp Bomb sells the CBD gummies, the lollipops lip balm, lotions, uh, heat and cold therapy, and even pet treats. I absolutely love hemp bombs. Uh, it's the CBD that I use. Uh, buy it in bulk. It's, it's a little more affordable. It's a little cheaper that way. Um, if you use promo code BUMP20, you can save 20% off of any purchase site-wide. I guess you can tell I'm at work. (laughs) All right. Yeah, use promo code BUMP20 for HempBombs.com. And I wanted to say, uh, Desert Ghoul, I hear you on your reviews. You're going to the wrong site. I have a country accent. It's Hemp, H-E-M-P, Bombs, B-O-M-B-S.com. Not balm, as in balmy weather or lip balm. Balm, which it might sound the same. I don't know. I'm from West Virginia, so I, that's my excuse. Hempbombs.com, okay? H-E-M-P-B-O-M-P-B-O-M-B.com. <laughs> oh, almost forgot to mention my own products. Uh, go to the homepage of thebumppodcast.com. Scroll down. There's a merchandise section there for Redbubble and Teespring. I have tons of different uh, items to choose from with different logos, different designs. Uh, We have stuff for Bigfoot lovers. We have stuff for uh, just believers in general. Check it all out. Find something you like. Find something for a loved one for Christmas. Uh, Just have fun. Check it out. And every purchase you make helps me out. So thanks again.